hello and welcome back to episode two of the batter today we are bringing you lots of gaming content i am joined once again by the lovely mr cupcake <laughs> aka <laughs> well that's what everybody knows you as like that's what almost everybody refers you to as is either mr it's like Toki is the only one that calls you by your name. Yeah. Um, calls me Taz, which is odd. It's a very rare thing, too. Yeah. I never... I read it. I was like, no, I will never call you Taz. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to call you Sniffer or Sniff either. And I think one of the first conversations we had, I asked what your name was because I didn't want to call you <laughs> by your username. It was funny, when I was talking to Andy about you, he, like, I would call you by Zach and he would always call you by Sniff. Yeah, it's, it's between my words. It's a, that's the only thing you refer to as. Even when we're in person, it's still all he calls me. Which is funny. Like... Well, Right, and it's what you, like, in most circumstances prefer to be called as, but, um, anyways, we have quite a few good topics to kind of uh, hit on today. The first one being that the end of last month, GoldenEye 007 Remastered was released, which there was a lot of hype about. Uh, I never played the original. If I did, it was like once. Yeah, I played it twice over one of my friend's house because he had it. And I remember playing it and it was like... I don't want to say revolutionary because there were games, Perfect Dark and things like that, but just 007 was different because I've always been a James Bond fan. So, mm -hmm. just being able to play that on like, N64 was fun. The multiplayer was great on it too, being able to play that. But I'm interested to see how it plays because I haven't got it yet. It's on Game Pass, right? I think that it was supposed to come to Game Pass, yes. And to Nintendo... And Nintendo Switch online players. So players will guide. Uh, hmm? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I didn't think it was. I didn't realize it was going to twi uh, Twitch. Wow. Steam. Switch. English is hard. <laughs> you just went through like the five phases of grief there. Holy moly. Uh, I was trying to say, I didn't realize it was going to Switch, but that would have made sense. It'll also be available to purchase regularly on Xbox One. So if it's not on, obviously the Switch, if it's not on Game Pass, it's still purchasable on Xbox. So I'm going to read this little blurb about like what the game is about for those who are, might be interested in the remaster but didn't play the original. If you want to fact check the Game Pass thing. Um, players will guide James Bond on a global espionage mission to prevent the devastating power of the Golden Eye satellite from being unleashed upon the world. The classic campaign mode, transformative difficulty levels, and havoc-inducing cheats will all make their return, as will the iconic split-screen local multiplayer mode. 
allowing up to four players to take to the couch in a battle of wits and skill. The original experience has been updated with improved control options, including dual analog stick support, native 16.9 resolution, up to 4K Ultra HD, where supported, and a cons consistent, excuse me, I thought it was going to hiccup, a consistent refresh rate and a full complement of achievements to unlock. So it sounds like they actually put some work into fixing it, like they did with the Resident Evil games and the controls. Uh, it's yeah, not so that static. Was, yeah, that was one of the things that was an issue with GoldenEye on N64, was um, there was only one stick for those who were not old enough to remember the N64 controller. Yeah. That was such a weird controller to hold, too. It's one of my favorites, but it's just so weirdly shaped. I love everything about the 64 controller because it was just something different. Like, even now, you can, the, the Switch, you can make it into, like, a standard controller as opposed to the uh, separate sticks. Is it available on Game Pass? I don't know. It might be because it might not be a PC game, so it's not showing up for me because I'm I have my Game Pass on PC. Oh, okay. So let me check really. If it might be a, be a console only version, unless I'm just not seeing it, which is possible because I'm blind. <laughs> Great, I love that. Yes, it is available on Xbox Game Pass. Okay. I just didn't see it. Yeah, I think I think in that article by comic book um let me read here oh yeah it says in the article xbox game pass and nintendo switch online no it says if it is it doesn't actually specify oh if it oh, I misread. yeah but it does say it will be participable be by xbox one xbox series as xbox series x and nintendo switch so it's not on pc or playstation which oh, makes sense. I just realized. <laughs> it does make sense, but I won't be able to get it then. <laughs> That's why I couldn't find it in Game Pass if it was. Yeah. Because it would be the PC version. So there's to to follow that up, there's also a Wii U game that is releasing on or sorry, got released on the Switch the first of February being Gunscape. Which, <sighs> I, like, I hear there's a bit of hype with this game coming out, but I have never heard of this game. I yeah, was, I was adamant about my Wii U. I was everybody shitted on it and hated on it, and I loved, I loved the Wii U so much because they did. They tried to do something different with it. It was like, well, it was like their prototype of the Switch. Like, what they ended up turning the Switch into from the Wii U. Yeah. But I, specific, I specifically like the Wii U because uh, if I was playing and somebody else was watched or wanted to watch TV, you could play on your screen because it had to be connected to the dock. Or not connected to the dock. It had to be in sight of the dock. And then you could switch the television to what you wanted to watch and still be able to play. Uh, not every game, but specific 
games allowed you to do that. So that's why I liked the Wii U because it was like reminiscent of a handheld uh, thing because at that point the 3DS had been long old and the switch hadn't obviously come out yet so it was just some the bridge the gap there for me personally yeah like I, I never had a wii u i don't know anybody who did but um i still have I it certain, depend, do you really mm-hmm. oh, i know that certain games it was like really good with like i know uh wind waker played really well on the because of the way the handheld or the screen worked it was the pause menu in the inventory so it cut through that have to pause go to the menu put this weapon in this slot or you could just do it real quick in the wii u version which was nice but other than that i don't even know what this game is like looking at the trailer of it it looks like it it looks doom-ish gunscape like. does like yeah Alright, so it's a first-person shooter game that was inspired of ones of the past. It's an FPS construction kit, and it's a game that you can go wild with your creativity in a pumping action sandbox. You have easy-to-use tools based on a block placement interface everybody's already familiar with to create single-player campaigns, co-op maps, and multiplayer arenas, and the functionality to share your creation with your friends. Don't like building stuff and just want to blast your way through hordes of monsters or duel with other players. Maps can also be shared, played, and voted on by the whole world. So it's like what Super Mario Maker came into for a gun game. They mixed old school Doom with Super Mario. That I would try that. Yeah. Like, I'm not huge on making things. Like I'm not creative when it comes to designing or like making maps or things like that. So like for me, Super Mario Maker would just be a go in, try maps, and then just move on. But I would make them. Same thing for this game. I probably wouldn't make a map, but this would be fun to try to see some like extreme creativity from other people. So are you, are we ready to talk about the muzzle? Then Ugh. I don't want to talk about the muzzle. Let's talk about the muzzle. So the company CES came out with something called the Mutalk, which is a muzzle, basically. Um gamer muzzle. Okay, it's a gamer muzzle. They're trying to shut the gamers down, they're trying to silence us. So it it makes it difficult for ambient noise to enter the microphone. But most conferencing services like Discord filter out the background noise anyways. So the the this is questionable, right? Like at some point they probably should have halted on their um production of it because you hold it over your mouth to talk during a meeting or a call. And people nearby won't be able to hear what you say. So I guess it's okay if you're like, if I was here in my room having a conversation with you, that I might not want to have somebody near me here. But like, at what point does it, like, it says it can muffle sound to about negative 30 decibels. But what does that equate to with echoing of rooms? If it, you know what I mean? Like, 
is it is it actually helpful right the only thing i could equate it to would be something like you would give this to your kid if they're playing call of duty and they scream a lot so i feel like what this is trying to counter is disturbing other people because like i feel like with this the way this thing's on the way it looks i feel like this is a But it looks like a a muffler device for like not the people you're talking to, but the people who might be around you. Yeah. More. So, so like, the the, the muffling sound down. is like uh, equatable to shrinking into a pillow. I, I don't. So it's not that much of a difference because you can still hear somebody yelling when they're shrieking into a pillow. It's muffled. So I, I don't know. The only thing I'm just trying to look at this is like it doesn't look comfortable in my opinion, but I don't know like really how it feels or what it feels like. But it, it just it feels like they're trying to just make it so people who yell a lot don't disturb their roommates. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just sickened by the thought of it having a removable moisture absorbing cushion that receives saliva and splashes and can be washed in water. I don't like the sound of that. But it also has a 3.5 millimeter mini plug to plug in your smartphone or tablet. Oh, cool. So I can use it at Starbucks. I mean, that's the other thing, is Discord's free, and it does the same thing. Zoom is free. I mean, I don't know what the, the video and sound quality of Zoom is, but we I use Discord for everything. I, I've used Zoom with work, and it's, it's good enough. It might not be 1080p, but I mean, if I'm having a meeting, 480 is enough. The sound quality is good enough that I don't have to keep repeating myself. I can hear Sharon when I'm talking to her, so it's like, it doesn't matter, in my opinion. I would feel weird sitting, like, if I work from home, sitting in my quote-unquote office, with this thing all over my face, doing an interview, because I don't want the people in my house hearing me. I wouldn't be able to take something seriously, in my opinion. It looks like a giant pacifier. It's also going to distort your normal speaking voice because of the way that it As the company likes to refer to it as an oral enclosure, it's going to change the tone of your voice because it's going to mask nasal sounds. Like, hmm. Yeah, that just sounds so weird to me. Like, like I'm looking at a picture of it, and it's the picture of the guy playing the Oculus, which I have. While wearing this at the same time, he looks like he's in a saw trap. Yeah, bondage gear was a, a comment. Yeah, that, I'd agree with that. It does look like that. Also, recording it, I feel like that would just be annoying after a while just to hold that there. Like, could you just imagine walking around your house with like a freaking ball gag in your mouth, talking to people? Because it's got a removable band for hands-free chatting. I just 
Like, you're just going to look ridiculous. But, see, for me, the thing that kills it is the price. Because I'd be willing to try it if it wasn't $200. But for me, $200, I'd rather just get a $70 headset from, like, say, Turtle Beach or Xbox and just download Discord. Right. Like, it's not going to bother you. The people in my house might hear me, but oh well. I mean, like, unless you're being an absolute asshole and playing an FPS and just screaming every two seconds because that's what FPS games are. Like, if you just play normal games and you don't normally scream and stuff, how is it, how is it useful? Like, I guess if you work, if, I guess if you work from home and you need to have a quiet area because, like, I've been recently applying to jobs and some of the remote work from home jobs, they need you to have like a quiet environment to conduct your business in. I guess that could be helpful, but at the same time, like. If we go into a Zoom call and like, if, if me and you work together and we go into a Zoom call and you're wearing this thing, when you come into the call, I'm gonna laugh at you. I'm not gonna be able to take you seriously. I'm right. Right, they're going to think that you're playing a prank on them or you're into some weird bondage shit while trying to do your right. job. That should be my immediate thought, is if I join a meeting with you and I'm like, what are you wearing? And I also talk fast, right? So how is this going to help somebody understand me on the receiving end if I'm wearing this? Because it already said that it doesn't, because of the way that it fits in your mouth and the way that you would have to talk into it, your voice is going to change. And also, how easy is it going to be to talk into this thing when it literally sits in your mouth? Right. Is your mouth going to get sore? Like, if you're sitting and you have an eight-hour day where you have to answer calls pretty frequently, I don't imagine the it's going to be efficient or conducive to long-term use. Right. And in the same aspect of, say, you're sitting and doing a stream playing a video game and you don't want to be loud and wearing it granted i'm not going to take the streamer seriously either but will it be comfortable to wear for six to eight hours right constantly talking to it will stream be able to hear you and i mean that's how some people along with some people stream too is for three like most people stream for around two hours plus depending on mm -hmm. You know how often they stream in their community and if it's a job or a hobby you know all of these factors right. yeah, like the way i've looked at it is anybody who streams for a hobby is anywhere from like two to six anybody more than that is anywhere above seven to like 12. so i've watched a few people who do 12 hour streams it's just like a weekly thing so wearing that in my opinion for 12 hours I don't think would be comfortable. I don't know. I guess there are some bigger streamers that stream for that long. I don't know. I guess if you're getting paid a certain amount, then you could just sit there and bullshit. But I'd much rather, like, stream for the amount of time that I know makes sense for me and my community and work on other things, uh, like, outside of streaming. Here, here's a prime example. There's a streamer I watch, I'm not going to say any names, but if you watch, if you know by the description I'm going to say, you know who it is. Okay. But what he does every so often, every six months he does this, he has been doing um, 
on the original on the Xbox 360 who's been watching um, the college football game. He has mascot tournaments where the chat will vote on which mascots get into the tournament, and they'll have like in-game channel point bets and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he'll have the computer play against the computer on the highest difficulty, and he'll just commentate. He just acts as an announcer, and I just picture him doing that for eight and a half hours because that's how long that stream normally is. I feel like that wouldn't be comfortable because he's he yells while he's doing it. So I just picture him. <laughs> I'm probably gonna get the best description of it in my opinion. Right. Just now trying to yell and talk and just, I just picture a lot of. So I, I just don't know how it would pick up. Yeah, I mean. And I haven't seen any use of it either. No, and even if we get a video of of it being used, it's gonna be edited and changed. So, and for two hundred dollars, it's just ridiculous all around. It's not something I'd test for $200. No. If it was like 60 or 70, I'd be willing to be like, all right, maybe I'll try it. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it's worth it. Because I'm the same way with the new PS5 controller. I like the idea of it, the customization. It doesn't need to be $200. The basic one works just fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pay $200 to try something when I use Discord for free. Like it, it, it's just just a fact of the matter for me. And before I used Discord, I used Skype. <laughs> God, don't don't bring me back to those days. Don't bring me back to the days. <laughs> what was it called? Uvu? Is that what it was called? I <sighs> the Skype competitor. Is that what it was? I'm gonna Google that right now. Just just to. I'm start. pretty sure it was Uvu. O o v o o. Yep. Yes. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. That was back in the day when me and Andy would play Minecraft on the PS3, and I never headset. We would video chat over Uvu. <laughs> I never used <laughs> Uvu, so that's funny um, to me. I never used or heard of Uvu. It was it, it was the equivalent of Skype. It's the same exact thing. It's just a voice chat slash webcam feature. Like it would work the same way as Skype would. Or Discord now is the best way of putting it. It was basically the, the predecessor to Discord. Gotcha. Okay. I just used it because it, I don't remember why we used it, but somebody had it and I used their laptop and it was just on the laptop by default. So I used it. How Skype is on everything nowadays. I don't think it is anymore. I know it was on my PC when I got it, which was annoying. Actually. I, I say that, but I have a Mac, so it wouldn't, it, I don't think it would be automatically online. Uh, all right, so all right. speaking of nostalgia, hmm? what? So I'm ready to move on. Nostalgia is actually a good thing. I like nostalgia. I thought you said something about a puzzle, and I was just like, what? <laughs> I said muzzle. Muzzle, that makes more sense. Moving on from the muzzle, you said nostalgia, and I was like, ooh, I like nostalgia. Well, we were talking about our, like, you know, Skype and, and Uvu calls. That's what the nostalgia was, not... I, I downloaded on my computer the other day two old games from way back in the day, PS1 era. Yeah. But whenever I think nostalgia, I think Pokemon. Right. 
So, Pokemon is like one of my biggest memories. Our next topic is creepy glitches and sights in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So one of so one of them was found by Ferraris26 on Twitter. And while they were exploring the cold mountains of Paldea, the player turns around to see a massive floating Delibird approaching. The footage is further heightened by the addition of the Vort of the Boreal Valley boss start what? Oh, it was explaining the video. I just you ever get so into reading something that you read something and you go, What am I reading? See, see, I find that a lot funnier. So, yeah, the reason I bring it is because it's it's Void of the Boreal Valley. So, that's well, one of the first bosses of Dark Souls 3. Okay. It's why I know exactly the music that's accompanying this, and it makes the picture of the Deli Bird I'm looking at so much funnier. And the face it has is haunting as hell. Yeah. I haven't been to this area yet, and I want so badly for this glitch to happen. <laughs> Because I want to see this firsthand, which I know for the point this has to have been like fixed at some point, but I don't know how necessarily the updates work on the Switch. I'm not sure. So normally the the cute red and white flying icebergs are native to the region, and they're only supposed to be three feet in size. Apparently, with that this glitch, three feet. <laughs> yes, yes, it was like twelve feet or something. <laughs> it's flying it, it was huge yeah so um other other people reported issues with other ice pokemon in that region such as snover but let's see i'd say this which is weird though i mean it's just a specific glitch for you know what I mean? Like all all ice Pokemon in this area are five times the size they're supposed to be. Maybe I mean it, it happens, but going on to glitches and things like that, I was also a part of that group when playing FIFA, you know, the soccer game. <laughs> yes. Where I had twelve foot tall goalies for some reason. It was a weird glitch that nobody figured out why it happened. So it could just be a weird combination with the coding that for some reason, is making the ice Pokemon register as, say, hills or mountains that's making them huge. It could, it, it might just be something as simple as a coding error. I don't know, because I haven't been there yet. That's one of the few areas I haven't been to in the game. But <laughs> it's, it's just a weird glitch, though. Yeah, it's a specific... I wish it said, it doesn't say here, like, how big it was, but if you look at the picture in comparison to the deli bird, I'd say it's probably 9 to 12 feet in size. Here's the other issue I'm having with it. Actually, no, I'm having less of an issue now that I'm looking at it better. I was going to say, is it way off in the distance, but it's in front of the tree it's near. Yeah, it's right next to the the character model that's there yeah. trudging through the snow. Did they say how old the player character is in the new Pokemon game? Uh, not our the person we play as, no. We're just the new kid who has an older friend right. who I don't, I don't, stalks us. Most of the game tell you. Mm. Like in um, 
they're old enough to enter the school. Which doesn't mean anything because there are people <laughs> who are quote unquote students and they're like sixty year old men. I just so like, like how hard you're breaking your brain thinking about how old the person is. Okay, so when we're talking well, older Pokemon games, Ash starts at ten. Right. So and I feel like we're slightly older than that. So maybe twelve ish, thirteen ish. We're gauging an early teenager. How tall is a normal teenager? I don't know, because I was never normal human sized. <laughs> I've always been short. I haven't grown since I was eleven and I'll be thirty three at the end of this month, so If I had to guess, uh, uh, you know what? Let's do this the easy way. Let's just Google the average size of a 13-year-old. Okay. I'll do that right now. I should probably do height so it doesn't give you, like... Um, I definitely 100% changed it to height as I was typing it because I realized it was... It might Why give... is that the sick Google thing? All right. They're saying 156 centimeters, which is 61 inches. Which is... Five feet, uh, one inch. I see your height. Bro! <laughs> That's exactly my height! You're five one? <laughs> yes! I think you're five four. No, I'm five one and three quarters. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I could believe the main character of the game is that tall, based on others, because, like, you run into the kids... Yeah, Nimona's taller and older. Right, so I could say Nimona is probably... 15, five, 16. Eight, five, yeah, which is tall for, uh, a, like, above average for a female. Right, so she's, like, normal or slightly bigger, but she's got a good height gap on the player character. So I'd say the player character is somewhere between 5'1 and 5'3". So the size of that deli bird being on front of that tree, that deli bird is easily 12 to 14 feet tall. Right. So we, we're, we're in agreement there. That's way too, yeah. But my thing, which is funny, I would immediately run at it because I don't want to know what it is. I would assume that was part of the game. Really? Yeah, because that seems like a weird glitch to me. Like, I look at that, and because most so of So you haven't been in this area, people, then? No, I haven't. I haven't been here yet. Okay. But, like, even if I had been, I would just be like, why is that deli bird so big? And I'd rush it. Because I, pl I played Arceus, which was the game before this one. Mm-hmm. And there were alpha Pokemon, which made the Pokemon a lot bigger than they were. Oh, like, like like naturally, say a weasel. Okay. Like two foot four in the Pokedex. Okay. You'd run into an alpha one, and it'd be like six foot tall. So like you would know it was an alpha right away. Right, because you're visibly seeing Mine, the difference. Right. Minus the T pose it's doing, which is clearly part of the glitch. <laughs> I would think it's just an alpha deli bird. So I would immediately run at it and be like, oh, this is a special thing. I need to go get it. And then you catch it and your Pokedex reads that it's three feet and you're like, huh? 
well, what I picture is I rush it and start to fight, and it just defaults to its normal size. I'm like, what happens? <laughs> yeah, you get into the fight um, scene, and it's <laughs> shrunk. It's like... And it's an normal-sized belly bird, and I'm just like, what the hell happened? I wanted the big oh, one. Right. I just be like, what? What? Huh? Yeah, that is kind of funny, so actually. So for me, this glitch is, yes, weird, but I wouldn't look at it as, like, problematic. Because I would just assume it was doing something. Well, well, here's the other issue. I think I figured out what's wrong. With the deli bird? Yes. Okay. In the game, there are Titan Pokemon. Yes. You haven't gotten that yet to know what these are. You might have. I don't know. Gonna be honest, I, I don't remember. Coding. I don't... Did you upgrade your... No. Uh, the ride of Pokemon at all? Not yet, no. And then you haven't run into a Titan. Titan Pokemon are normal t Pokemon, but they're just huge. So what I think happened here is I think the Delibird's coding just triggered into the Titan mode naturally. Like, so it just made a specific Delibird a Titan, even though it's not supposed to be. Okay. But, again, I don't know normally... Because, like, there's a crab Pokemon that runs around I that I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head now. It's just the new crab Pokemon. But there's a Titan version of that, and it's huge. Like, it's way bigger than the player character. But the main version of it, I'd say, is the equivalent of the same height as the player character. Interesting. So... I feel like this deli bird just for some reason triggered into the titan coding and became huge and if it's happening for certain pokemon it could be happening as a like a clerical error in the coding for some reason mm -hmm. people are saying it's other ice pokemon triggering as well yeah so it could just be something in this area to see once because... we encounter the area if we come across any issues well, what I was also going to say is I only have one Titan Pokemon left, and it's not in this area. So what I'm thinking is that there was intentionally, or initially, supposed to be a Titan here, and they scrapped it, but the coding is still set for a, for a Pokemon. Because that happens in a lot of games. It happens in Souls games a lot, like, in certain areas. They'll be like, this is supposed to be a boss, so it's ready for a boss, even though the enemy is just like a basic enemy. So, I feel like that might have been what could have happened here. I also wonder if you could even interact with it, because it kind of looks like you're kind of in like a cutscene moment type of thing with covering your face in from the snow. That also could be a thing. It could just be a loading issue, because I'm pretty sure looking at this, yeah, the Ursa ring. Is also a part of an, uh, a cutscene issue. <laughs> Which is funny, though. Like, this is a funny... So, uh, the crud blood on Twitter discovered this, and, you know, there's... Some people are saying it's like a horror movie, but I just find it funny. So, uh, during the innocuous cutscene with the Pokemon trainer Arvin, um, a figure randomly phases into existence right in front of the camera for just a few frames. Accompanying the appearing figure was a record, <clears throat> record scratch sound. That's what. The full audio? Or the full studio, I mean? Huh? Oh, I didn't realize there was a whole fucking article. 
cover that. I'm watching this real quick to see. So, record scratch sound that made the scene even more oh startling. But going back and pausing on the frame where the jump scare occurred, users can see that the phasing figure is none other than Ursa Ring, which is the evolution of Teddy Ursa. Did you watch the video? No. Watch the video real quick. Well, it's saying, like, probably a good thing that, that it wasn't something like a Gengar. Yeah, that would be terrible. That, that would have been giving flashbacks to the bootleg game, Pokemon Black. Oof. But yeah, if, if you're on the you're on the main article, right? I'm trying to find it right now, yeah. Yeah, there's a Twitter post by the person who found it. Watch that video. It's like 12 seconds. No, not that one. It's the next one. Wait, what am I watching? That is not what I'm watching. I'm so confused. Neither of these are what they're supposed to be. Are you on the, um... Oh, hang on a second. Um, the website I'm on right now, the page. Yeah. Oh my god, that deli bird is so big. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm loading up the clip right now. Oh my god, it's even taller than we thought. That thing is like 14 feet tall. I think it's closer right. to 20. For anybody who's watched Attack on Titan, it's a Titan. 100%. It's not even like slightly taller than it should be. No, it is a Titan. Somewhere between the female and the colossal. That thing is massive. That's so funny. And it's 100% not a cutscene either. And it's definitely a glitch because it's floating. Yeah. I'm gonna watch this one. That's terrible. Oh, the Ursa Ring one? What? It just skipped all the way to the beginning. What the hell? I mean, to the end. My brain doesn't work well. This is super loud, though. Oh! Yeah, I'm so glad yours ring one never happened to me. I thought it was during something else. But it's not. But I know for a fact. That's crazy. I mean, also looking at this, I've done this area. I did get this cutscene before. Yeah. This cutscene is all sorts of worked up because um, the legendary, I don't know what the violet legendary is because I have um, Scarlet, shouldn't be in that spot. Ah, okay. So this is a weird glitch that's happening, but it's still freaky. If this had happened to me, I I would have jumped. Yeah, it because it it makes a noise too. Yeah, it it looks like a creepy pasta. Ah! <laughs> I'm so Which sorry. Is funny. I don't know if you heard that. I didn't hear what you. I accidentally played the next clip for the um the Toad School running. Oh my God. <laughs> so have you have you seen Toad School run before? No. It's the funniest thing, but the thing that makes it even better. So it's like a grass ground type tentacle for those who yes. don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm replaying this. My first experience with this, I saw it was a thing. And people were like, oh yeah, the ground type, or there's a grass type tentacle now. I was like, oh? 
and they showed it running, and I was like, oh, so I Googled, like, so I was just, like, looking through different things to find, the, like, information on it, and the first thing I found on it was somebody watching it run, but it had Squidward's walking sound on top of it. Ah. Uh. And it was, like, the funniest thing. So I guess some people are doing the why are you running meme audio. Yes. It can run upwards to 30 miles per hour. That's fast. So it's very funny. I guess uh, someone pointed out that it looks similar to the walking jellyfish from Spongebob. Oh, yeah, from the episode where Spongebob takes it as a pet and it walks behind him. It does. But I would just never not see it as Squidward. Like, I just hear that, that suction cup noise it makes when he walks. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of new games, uh, Walmart has been having tons of sales. Last month they had crazy sales on Nintendo Switch games. Um, they have some, (coughs) yeah, they were really good prices. So make sure that you check your local Walmart and, you know, online if you're looking for games. Some of those were like Steam sale looked like deals. Like there were a couple games that were like 20 something dollars that were like on there for like nine. There was a $4 game too last month. Uh, Celeste was on sale for four dollars celeste was a good game and celeste, celeste would be really good, good to play on the switch yeah if you if you can get celeste for four dollars i would absolutely buy it like if you're on the fence and not sure if it's on sale for four dollars get it yeah it's it's if can it the levels can be tricky but it's worth it 100 the story's interesting too it, it's a good brain story like you, you have to think about it sometimes but Definitely worth the play. I agree. Um, I don't know. Didn't look at specifics for this month, so like I said, just make sure you check. Uh, just always be checking for deals. If you're always looking for a new game to play, find something under $10 that interests you a little bit and go for it. Yeah, that, that's always been my thing. Like, I'll, I'll look for a game. And then I'll get an email from Steam, be like, oh, it's summer sale, or it's winter sale. And I'll pop in, and I'll just be like, all right, what's on sale? Oh, I wanted to try this game. It's $6. Yeah, I'll try it now. Right, yeah. Because to me, anything more than, like, 20 bucks is a gamble if I'm not sure. But if a game is 20 bucks, but it's on sale for, like, 92% off, I'm willing to try it now. <laughs> Such a specific amount. 92% off. Well, to- Steam does deals like that. Like the, uh, no, you're Steam, absolutely right. <laughs> like normally games are on sale for half off or sixty percent off, but like Steam will just throw a random ninety three percent in for no reason. Or like forty percent. There have been times where where Steam has had a ten dollar game on sale for ninety four percent off, and it's like a buck forty. Which also, there's a game on my wishlist for Steam called uh, The Test. And it's a three game series where it builds upon itself. And. Wait, what do you mean by build, like, builds upon itself? Or like how you do things in the first game changes the second game? 
I believe so. Don't quote me on that. I think that it carries over. That's, that's an interesting thing. Like, I, I like when games do that. But only if it does it the right way. Because, like, I've played games where it's like, oh, you did this, and now you get this thing. And I'm like, yeah, but I could have gotten that either way. Yeah, I mean... Um, so it's like, it makes it feel like you did something, but even though you the game isn't even that much. Ex I'm gonna go to my Steam wish list right now, if I remember where Steam is in my. Uh... I don't know what this game is. I've never heard of it. But then again, I haven't been on Steam as much as I used to be. I'm gonna read the description too. I just had to find where I put Steam in my app thing. So, uh, Jack or Mark played it. It's a dollar ninety nine, and it's constantly on sale for like a dollar. So it's not even that expensive, and Steam will still put it on sale. It's just called the test. So this is the first part. You will answer a series of questions that will reveal truths from deep within. These questions may make you uncomfortable, but with great knowledge comes great sacrifice. Can you make it all the way through the test? And if you do, are you sure you want the answers you seek? So the tags for this are multiple endings, simulation, horror, 2D, uh, overwhelmingly positive of 97% for all time, and overwhelmingly positive of 95% for most recent. Looking at this team page, 100% uh, Mark did play it because his review is tagged. The test hypothesis rising and then the test final revelation so it's a, a trilogy i don't remember this game though but i will say if it's on steam and it has seventeen thousand five hundred and sixty six reviews and 97 percent of them are positive that's a good game it got released almost two years almost three years ago mm-hmm for it to be a 97% overwhelmingly positive all time is a ridiculously high rating. Yeah, it was really interesting when I was watching them play it too, which is nice. I don't remember him playing it. Maybe we'll watch it later. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But, I mean, he did play it because his review is one of the ones I have set. Um... So, on our last podcast episode, we talked about anticipated games of 2023. Oh boy. I have a feeling where this is going. One of them being Starfield. <laughs> which is was supposed to be the upcoming space action RPG from Bethesda. Which should have been coming out in what? Two months? The first half of 2023 they were shooting for, but it is no longer coming out ah. in the first half of 2023. Who would have guessed that Bethesda had delayed game coming out? It's just, it just sucks, right? Because I remember watching the E3, and we talked about this during the last episode. Um, that... I was really excited for it. They didn't give us a whole lot of information, but like what they were selling us was really intriguing. And that was God. 2018, maybe even 2017. No, it was 2018. 
It was 2018's E3. I don't fully remember. I remember. No, it was because that's when I started playing DVD and that was when I was watching it with a friend. Me and him okay. watched it together. Right. That's a, that's the only reason I remember is because I started playing DVD in April of 2018. And that's, I'm, uh, that's how I met this friend was through DVD. Right. That makes sense. But for me, I stay away from E3. I stay away from most, um, quote-unquote, hyping conferences isn't the right word, but I'm going to go with it. Because you like to make your own opinions about things. Well, yes and no. Like, I like being told by, like, streamers should get early access. This is, the, this is how this game is. This is a decent game. This is this. Or, this game sucked. In my opinion, don't get it. Wait till it's on sale. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like watching streamers I watch, because yes, they get the early access, and yes, they get paid to tell the people about the game, but nine times out of ten, they're honest about it, and they go, look, I got this game for free and early access. Don't buy this game until it's on sale. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to trust that, in my opinion, because if you're getting paid to tell me that a game is not good, I'm going to believe you. So... I have never really followed hyping up a game. Prime example, Fallout 76. <laughs> I thought the idea was good. I wanted, like, an online Bethesda game. That's that's why um, they made Fallout 76, because everyone wanted the Fallout game specifically to be multiplayer, online, etc. Right. But they the missed the mark for years. I, <laughs> I didn't trust it right away, because... Yeah. I was also in the boat of people who wanted Skyrim to be multiplayer. See, I like and that it wasn't, but... With Elder Scrolls Online. That, I hated Elder Scrolls Online. Going I from Skyrim to Elder Scrolls Online was actually painful for me. I played the game for 16 hours. I never left the starting area, and I became a blacksmith. Yeah, you played far longer than I did. I made 400,000 gold and I love the starting area because there's a point where you can go to the NPC blacksmiths and buy armor that is eh, or you can buy player-made armor in trades that are twice as good. So my logic is I'm going to sit here, I'm going to make mediocre to above average armor and sell it to people and then have more than enough money to go do what I want to do and then I just got bored. So, like, people would come to me and be like, hey, you make the armor, here's 2,000 gold for you to make me above-average orc-style armor. And i go, okay, I have that recipe, let me go get the materials and I'll make it. And I would do that. I, that was how I spent most of my, like, time playing that game. I didn't do anything. I didn't get far in it. I made it to, like, the third area, and I stopped playing it, because to me it was just super boring. Like, I wanted Skyrim. I didn't want World of Warcraft in a Skyrim skin. So for me, when Fallout 76 was coming out, I was just like, okay, maybe this had, there's a chance that this will be what we wanted with Skyrim, and then maybe this will work. And then they did, did the big hype, and I'm just like, it feels like they're trying too hard. I they hyped Fallout 76 at that same E3 very, very high. So they briefly mentioned Starfield in 2018 at the E3. 
and then they went through like the actual game logistics for Fallout 76 because it was coming out in beta uh, shortly after E3, couple months I think. Um, you know that was five years ago, so I can't remember off the top of my head uh, exactly, but uh, it it sucks. I, I will always, even if 99% of people say something sucks, if it's something that I want to play by do, I'm going to do it and go with an open mind into it. Yeah, the same way. I'll, like, if, like, I was, I, that's how I was with Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk came out, it was garbage. Yeah. The next gen update came out, and everybody's like, oh, it's, it's, fixed it's playable i was like are you saying it's playable i'll give it another shot yeah i wouldn't say it was fixed it was now playable (laughs) i don't want to say i don't want to say it's it's a lot better than it was it still has its issues every once in a while but it it is it's playable it's enjoyable now i mean you've been playing it pretty regularly so yeah if if it had released in this state when it was supposed to release it wouldn't have flopped like Probably. So hit what they do now, that makes, this would have been an acceptable release. The fact that it was as broken as it was ruined it. The problem I have with Starfield is they had that huge hype. And to me, that immediately says problems. Because if you have big hype, this is our new game. You're going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. But every bit of game you show me is cinematic. That concerns me. You have a good, you're Bethesda, you have a good animation team, you have a good cinematic team. I feel like a lot of companies are working on skeleton crews, though. Exactly. But just because you have a 15 plus, uh, like a 15 plus A plus team, doesn't mean your gameplay team of 16, of six people is going to make an A plus game. So, game companies who do games like this now have to stop doing the whole hype. This is what our game is going to be. This is how it's going to look. I don't care how it's going to look. I'll play a PS1 game if it plays amazing and it's fun. And I'm not... A game doesn't have to be 4K for it to be good. It just needs to be fun. And I'm not mad about games getting delayed if they're fixing the things that are going to make it playable or not. Like, if they're game-breaking issues like with cyberpunk that got released and you're you're holding back the release of like the game like starfield and that's why then that's fine but i think that developing companies as a whole need to be held more accountable for like just a little bit more of transparency with what's going on after something like the hype for x y and z game and then they're like oh it's delayed Oh, it's delayed. It's like, just give us a little bit of feedback as to why it's delayed. Like, Exactly. Because that's going to make us want to support you more if you're transparent. Right. It it, it pushes the last little bit of doubt I had for the game out the window. Because for me, I went, I I watched some of the Starfield, um, I don't want to say E3 trailer, but it was like the videos after E3. Okay. They were trying to be a little more in depth of what the game was. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, and I, to be well done, 
So if a AAA company is showing a product to a group of people and they look at it and go, wow, I've seen lots of like this, you have a problem in my opinion. Mm. Because if a mod, which at the most is done by three people, look as good as your brand new game that you're hyping up, you messed up. Something's wrong. And just own it, because we're all human and we all make mistakes. Todd Howard won't own it. Well, uh, right. And hasn't. Ever. He'll never own it. Fallout 76 is still immaculate in his eyes. Yeah. It's come a long way. I've been playing the game I, since beta. I, you had more I'm going to preface that by saying I didn't play any of the Fallout games previously. Okay. I tried. Had a bad experience with whatever one. we. I think we discussed it last podcast. I, what was it? It was, it was three or New Vegas. I don't remember. No, it was three or four. It wasn't New Vegas. I know I haven't played New Vegas. I think, I think it was three then in that aspect. But um, the, the thing I look at is... Here's the easiest way to interpret how poorly I feel about Fallout 76. They had the huge hype. The game came out. It had an awful launch. People complained about it, re- like, since launch until roughly now. The game was recently free for PlayStation like owners, and I didn't download it. I don't know. You've watched me play it, so I think that your hatred is a little unfounded or rather the extent of your hatred for it is a little unfounded because it's a fun game the early quests are super fun the there are other quest lines that really like pull you in and you don't want to stop playing until you finish it to see like like where you go um i built a great community of close-knit friends one of which we lost in October of, of 2021. Um, but there's a, a few of us that we would just play for hours on the weekend together. We'd all be home from work and we'd play six to eight hours of just like doing random quests and random bullshit, nuking stuff and just collecting materials and just like hanging out and I think that that's probably why the majority of like why the game meant so much to me during those moments and after our friend passed away I had a hard time playing it again because anytime I loaded up the game he would invite me to a pup uh, a party we'd group up and he'd be like cupcake and uh we just randomly bullshit and he was an older guy he was in his late 50s so it was just funny talking to him about like anything and just seeing like the different perspectives, blah blah blah. He was a really he was a really awesome guy. He uh lived in Pennsylvania and he lived in like the boonies and he always talked about like taking care of his parents and stuff and um so I think that that's the 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 a huge reason why I grew so attached to it is because I found and then I started streaming Fallout 76 from my Xbox on <laughs> Mixer. So, and that's how I met one of my friends, Carl. He was the first person to view my stream for Fallout 76. And I was trying to build my camp. And I was struggling, trying to put a, 
a wall up because a tree was in the way and he was trying to talk me through how to fix it. And since through him, I met other friends and we added other people to a group and, but I never played the other follow games. So I didn't go into it thinking that of my expectations from the other games plus amplified because it was going to be multiplayer. But they're coming under a lot of fire recently because the game's been out for what now? Four, five years? It's been out for a while. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it came out. There's issues. This is not issues. People are having an issue with the company because they got rid of legacy items. They nuked them off of the servers. They no longer exist. It's just like super powerful guns or uh, attachments that you had that were no longer available because they were considered OP. But if you had them, they were grandfathered in. They nuked all of that stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's problematic right there and then. Like that's that's just being that's just a stupid thing to do. And it's five but years into the game. Yeah. So like. You're taking what could have taken me, you know, hours and hours of playtime to get and saying, yeah, this is too strong. You can't use it anymore. That's. I mean, there's a lot of people who spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars buying these items from other people, too, which is right. like whatever. If you don't believe in it, that's fine. But if you like to play the game on weekends or after work and you only get so much time and you like to do certain things. You're going to want a, a better weapon to do things faster, especially exactly. because they added the scoreboard and you have these daily quests and, and challenges to do every day. Some of them are tedious, especially lately. I've been complaining about it because I just recently got back into playing the game. Right. So, so to me, for them to do something like that for something you could physically buy with real money just for them to, just for them to cut it. To me, it's stealing. It's a weird hot take that I don't understand why they waited this long. Like, if you're like when they initially changed certain attachments or modifications that you're able to do to your gun and got rid of them from the game, they should have nuked all of the weapons that had those things on them. Should have wiped it, server wiped, said, you know, our bad, this was a mess up, give those people something as a compensation, whatever it is. And, and let it be done there. But, you know, there were ways for them to glitch it so that you had multiples of the items. Um, when they introduced certain aspects, like if you put something in your vendor machine to sell to another player, if somebody was standing there, they could steal it from your inventory. There, there was a lot of weird glitches after all of these changes that were problematic too. And it just seems like incre like they were increasingly just band-aiding the issue. Or uh, we would be complaining about 15 things and, th and they would increase our stash box. Because we started off with like 400 pounds of stuff that we were able to put in there. And they increased it to like 600. And it took like two years after that to increase it to what it is now. Which is a thousand 
And if you have Fallout First, which is basically their premium thing that you pay uh, like $100 a year for, you have unlimited junk storage and other perks and such. Um, you have like a mobile camp. It's called like a, a tent, a survival tent that you can put down that has a bed, a crafting bench of some sort, depending on which one you put down. Uh, a way to cook food, a musical instrument, basically all ways to like boost your experience or whatever. And uh, I think that's it. But Bethesda just needs to get their head. Todd Howard needs to get his head out of his ass. It's not going to happen because it's been five years since this game came out and we're still finding things to be like, what are you doing? Like, why? Like, I... It baffles my mind that you're taking items out of the game five years after it's come out. Like, they're con consistently updating it and bringing out quest lines, so it's not like the game is dead and it hasn't been touched for a while. Like, now that they've added NPCs, they, they've, they can add a lot more things. Like, the new thing is the Nuka World Tour... And uh, some other things. I'm still getting like caught up on what I've missed since I've last played. But now that they've actually added NPCs into the game, it could it could be a never-ending thing. Now, if you're like me, I'm caught up on everything except for the newest thing that they they bring out. So I play for a little while, and if my friends aren't on, then I don't play for a while, etc. <clears throat> And for me, looking at it is the fact that it's taking them so long to change something that's quote-unquote broken like that. Mm -hmm. To the fact that Starfield has been being worked on for so long now and they've just now decided that they have to delay it because it's not going to reach their quota. Well, it's, it's a rumored game. delay. It hasn't It hasn't officially it, been delayed until summer. It might, be, it might be rumored, but usually a rumored delay from Bethesda is a leak. Right. This game is not ready. This game is not going to be ready until 25 in my opinion but it will come out december of this year in my opinion yeah it's, it's definitely going to come out it's going to come out at this at some point this year for sure they're not going to delay it further than that my, my opinion is they're going to they're going to delay it until the holiday season of this year so it's going to come out somewhere between october and december it's going to be a mess and then they're going to quote unquote fix it which is just going to be put it on sale, make a few updates, and say it's fixed and just let it go. So I don't have high hopes for this game. At all. And I was just really interested when it was first mentioned. Hopes. Yeah, I mean, I was interested when they first mentioned it, but I don't even think that I have any interest in playing it. Like, that's the problem, is that you, you try to build hype for something, and it was five years ago, and you're still not giving me much. Mm -hmm. at, like, I, I don't care. Here, here's a prime example of how I look at this company. My cousin told me about this game. Okay. He goes, did you hear anything about Starfield? And I was like, I was like, no, what is, what's Starfield? He goes, oh, let me show you, like, the trailer and stuff like that. And I was watching it, and I was like, ooh, this looks interesting. It's something different. It's like Fallout in space. He goes, yeah, it is like Fallout in space. I'm like, oh, who's working on it? He went, Bethesda, and I went, oh, I don't want this game anymore. Like, Bethesda has left such a bad taste in my mouth from their games from the past, like, multiple games, because their brand new game that I thought looked good, just immediately I wanted no interest in. And it pisses me, like, 
it pisses me off so much because Skyrim was such a good game. And after Skyrim, it's like they're constantly trying to reach for that same thing. Right. Right. And that's the problem. We're like, we need to be Skyrim. It's like, no, you need to just make something good. Right. You don't have to top your best. It's just like Mr. Beast. Like, he feels like he has to top every video he puts out. And it's like... You don't need that. Just make it interesting and playable. Exactly. Just If you make multiple games that are above average, you can get away with making an average. But if you try to make a game that is the best game you have and it becomes garbage, you're going to lose everybody. And that's what they've done with me. Because I liked Fallout 4. Fallout 4 wasn't amazing. It was, a, they were trying to be Skyrim and it didn't work. Okay, it was okay. I gave them a chance. I did it. I played it. I enjoyed it. When they had Fallout 76 coming out and it was going to be the best thing since Skyrim and it became what it was, I lost all faith in Bethesda. Yeah. So, everything they make after this, unless Starfield comes out and it's the best thing they've ever made, I will not be buying Starfield. Yeah, I probably won't be either. So, for me, Starfield is a miss. Is there an opportunity? Yes. Do I think it will happen? No. Starfield for me will be like a 99% off Steam sale item for me. Like, there's most of the time when I'm getting a game I'm not sure of, I have to guarantee I'm getting my money's worth. So if I don't think I'm going to get $60 worth of fun out of this game, I'm not getting it. Starfield's going to launch for probably $80 because it's Bethesda. Mm-hmm. So if I don't think I'll get $80 worth of fun out of it, I'm not getting it. So Starfield is a is a hard no for me. That makes sense, though. So I, I don't think I can enjoy Starfield enough that quantifies me buying it. Cyberpunk, for instance, I bought on launch. For the PS4, so it was sixty dollars. I have well gotten that in the most recent updates, so I can quantify buying it. Granted, well, I didn't get that on launch, but I've gotten it since. Yeah, you've been enjoying it. Right, I've been enjoying it. It's playable now. Do I get a bug every once in a while? Yes. Is it a game-breaking bug? No. The bugs I get are T-posing NPCs or. I get soft lock in a quest for a moment, so I have to restart the game and do it again. Okay, that's not that big of a deal. The game reloads in three minutes. I'm back playing the game, and I play it for six more hours, and then realize, oh, no, I have to go to bed because it's 2.30. <laughs> so, to me, that quantifies the price. I don't think Starfield is going to hit that. Probably not. I don't think Starfield is a, is a hit. I forgot Starfield was a thing until you brought up the fact it was delayed. <laughs> I haven't talked about Starfield with anybody since we talked about it in the first episode and before that is when I was showed the trailer like a year ago <laughs> yeah so it wasn't high on your well, radar I, I forget Starfield is a game until anyways I think that's enough <laughs> ranting on that topic <laughs> I think that was all we had on the docket today? I believe so, yes. Alright, well. 
Yeah, I think that was it for, <laughs> for this episode. That was almost two hours, so... I feel like I haven't been cut for episode three, but... <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been cut. You wanted a break. I have a different co-host coming for episode three. Ooh. Uh, Duck Makes Things will be joining me for episode three. Have I been cut from the listings of potential episode four? Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> uh... But thank you for listening and thank you for checking out the podcast and dealing with Sir McRanty over there. <laughs> he went in hard this week. <laughs> I mean, you wanted me here, I joined in. <laughs> Don't sound so innocent now, sir. <laughs> hey, that's the point of a podcast. I come on, I do, if we talk about the things, I voice my opinions. That's the, that's the point. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to do it for episode two of The Batter, which was pretty much all things game related. Uh, tune in next time for the next episode, which will be more consistently uploaded. He had come for a visit, and as much as we wanted to record when we was here, we just ended up hanging out. So, and we've been getting back into the workflow and all of that but i am back into recording and researching business now so stay tuned for weekly episodes i'd say moving forward um i think that's it do you have anything to add i don't think so anything that i would No, I don't think I do, actually. I think we touched up on everything I wanted to talk about. Alright, as always, thanks for watching <laughs> The Batter, and I will see you on the next one. Good night. Mwah.